0: In today's Locks on Royals podcast. We're talking to Aaron Layton about the Royals down on the farm. What's happening with the prospects? What can they do moving forward? What can this team be as early as next season? We go through the top 10 prospects list. And also on this show brought to you by Spotify Green Room, we dive into the under the radar prospects and also talk about who's already made it to the major league. So a lot to dive into today. Thank you for listening. And now let's get to the show. You are locked on Royals, your daily Kansas city Royals podcast,
1: part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. On today's show, we're going to talk all about the top 10 prospects for the Kansas City Royals farm system and what expectations can we have for this upcoming season whenever pitchers and catchers report in a couple of months and we're back in the baseball swing of things. I'm joined by our Locked On MLB Prospects guru and the creator of Just Baseball. Dot com. Here I'm laying there. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Excited to have another system uh, under our belt here as we're going through all
0: 30. And uh, the Royals are a pretty fun one. It is, it's a fun system. It's an interesting system. And uh, I, I want to start here with Bobby Witt Jr., as every conversation will. But yeah, how can we start anywhere else? <laughs> but we, we've now gotten a full season of minor league season of Bywood Jr., uh where he's totally on display and he was the highlight-making king, at least in royal circles. What did you see from Bywood Jr. this year as somebody who's so deep in the weeds of minor league baseball? And did he live up to the hype in terms of did he did he look the part of, of a budding star down there on the farm this year? So to, to answer what I saw from
1: Bobby Wood Jr. this year, the, the answer would be everything, literally everything. And we, we put out our top 100 prospect list at JustBaseball.com, and he's our number one overall prospect. That, that's my number one prospect in baseball. And he, he just does everything. True five-tool player. I mean, the, the power output this year was spectacular. The walk rate was strong. The approach was what I was really interested in seeing. I knew he could play defense at a potential gold glove level. I know he's a good runner. I know that he's got huge power, but how much was he going to swing and miss? You know, that was what I was a little bit curious about. And yeah, he struck out at like 25% clip. Who cares? Because the production was there. His strikeout rate remained consistent the entire year. And he's the type of guy that I think you can expect to have that type of production consistently. He'll swing and miss a little bit, but he's shown that he can hedge that with walks, produce the power, steal bases. He produced a 2020 season in 90 games. I mean, to do that is spectacular. He was one stolen base away from a 30-30 season. It was just as good of a year as he could have. Human highlight reel at shortstop. There's every reason for Royals fans to be pumped on this guy. I think he's big league ready now, and he has the potential to be one of the best shortstops in the game you know, pretty quickly.
0: That is, of course, a great way to start the episode. Now, as somebody who's been following this farm system and, and has been uh, doing it in, intently and, and, and intimately as you have, here in Kansas City, there's been this talk for really since 2016, since since this all rebuild you know, kind of started again, about 2022 being the year and 2022 being the year where the Royals are going to be back in the playoffs and uh, being uh, back where... Uh, they they want to be, and there's rumors where we the playoffs might get expanded this year, uh, it, with the CBA, however, that all transpires. But understanding the talent level that the Royals have in the farm system and uh, which of these talent levels are going to be you know ready for 2022, what would you say is a safe expectation for the royals this upcoming season from the outside looking in? Uh, In regards to prospects, I think they've got a lot
1: of help coming uh, and a lot of guys that are knocking on the door, which is really exciting. I think the Royals showed a lot of potential this year at the big league level, and, and they were a fun team to watch at points. They have MJ Melendez, who was without a doubt the biggest turnaround in all of minor league baseball this year, rivaled by maybe the only other guy that could rival that turnaround is his teammate, Nick Prado. So they had two of the biggest turnarounds uh, in all of minor league baseball and two guys that had monstrous years to get that boost in your system. And we know the Royals were very pitching centric. I think the last time we talked, we were talking about how it's almost all pitching. And now you, you have these two major bats, two top 100 guys that play their way into potentially having a call up at some point next year. Uh, that, that's just something that is a huge boost for your team. I think Prado Uh, Should be big league ready at some point next year. There's a little bit of swing and miss in his game, but he was able to keep it right around the 30% mark. His glove is phenomenal. I mean, a potential gold glover at first base and just a good hitter. Melendez is special. I'm a big fan of Melendez and I, I want people to know that he made the necessary changes, not only. When he's in game, like he made the adjustments with his approach, he put his hands in a more comfortable spot. He's got a more consistent lower half. He's got much better body control. But I had a chance to actually talk to his father, Mervel Melendez, who's the head coach at Florida International University, and I was talking to Merville and saying, you know, "What did he do? You know, how do you go from one sixty with a handful of homers and a thirty six percent K rate to two eighty with forty one jacks and?" He talked about the adjustments he made, you know, physical at the plate, but also just things in the cage, you know, so often we get so lost into just swinging and swinging and swinging until we get a good feel and we take 200 swings in autopilot and we're not really focused. And he really adjusted his approach in the cage and taking 15 good swings instead of 150 mediocre swings. And so he really overhauled the entire way he approached the game. And that's why I'm really sold on what Melendez has done. And the fact that you're getting that out of a catcher, now, I don't know if he's going to catch for the Royals anytime soon because it seems like the Royals aren't ready to move on from Salvador Perez as a catcher and make him a full time DH. Which, before we recorded, I was like, is it okay if I mention that I think he should, Melendez should be the guy behind the dish? Salvi Rakes, I want him at DH. His defense is, is, you know, taking a big hit. And I believe in Melendez's glove. And he's also got the intangibles. His dad is a head coach in college. He's always been a guy that's been considered a heady player that calls a great game. And regardless, I'm excited to see what he's going to learn from Salvi, even if they have him at third base or wherever else they're going to put Melendez. He's going to learn a lot from Salvi as it pertains to calling games and uh, just being a leader. And I think Melendez has a lot of those qualities already. So two really exciting players that could end up being, you know, impact players for the team next year.
0: This was brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is changing the way we talk about sports. That is right. It's the way we talk about sports because it's awesome and it's live and it's like sports radio only, it's on your phone and anyone can do it. It is awesome. Green Room for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, all that fun stuff. Join the conversation, listen to it every single day right here. It's Spotify Green Room changing the way we talk about sports. Be sure to download for free the Green Room app currently on all iOS devices. Create your profile, link your Twitter account, and join your group the latest league updates so let's say that this is the lineup at some point next season pretty early on so they they almost have the bulk of the season with this lineup you've got Melendez at catcher Salvador Perez at DH Nick Prado at first base Bobby Witt Jr. playing second and then you have Mondesi at short or you have Whitmerford at second uh, Montes, uh, Bywood, Junior short, and Montes at third. Some combination of those three guys are in the lineup. Benettendi is out there as well, and then Michael A. Taylor's out there as well. How do you think that that core would fare? Obviously, you know, you'd have to throw somebody else in there, but how do you think that core of a lineup would fare, along with the pitching of Singer, Bubich, you know, and then Singer, Bubich, and then of course you have the other Lynch and and, and all those other pieces they have in that in that rotation, like Minor. Also rounding out their rotation. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's
1: a sneaky good team that could catch a lot of people by surprise. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with how quickly we're going to see Prado up there, how quickly we'll see Melendez up there. I think Bobby Witt's going to have a chance to make the team out right uh, right away. We'll see how service time plays in and all of that stuff. But, you know, Bobby Witt is the type of player that I think hits the ground running. And that's really rare, like to the way that Wander Franco did. I think he could be close to that. Uh, He's going to strike out a little bit at the big league level, just and and then he'll feel it out because he's a guy that seems to feel it out and make adjustments, and I think he's going to do just that. But Bobby Witt doesn't need to hit the way he's hitting in the minor leagues this past year to bring value. He's going to play great defense. He's going to steal bases. He's still going to hit for power. So even if the hit tool is lagging a bit behind, he's going to provide enough value to be justifiably your everyday shortstop. I think Prado, you know, that might be a guy that takes a little bit of time. Melendez's bat, I think, is pretty close to ready. All those guys will help with the core. Don't forget about Kyle Isbell, too. I think if you put him in the right positions, you don't have him against lefties as much. You pit him more against righties and you platoon things, have Taylor against the lefties. You can get creative there and mix and match. And this is a team that I think could be pretty competitive. I actually think the big X factor, which might be surprising to people, is the pitching because I'm a big Brady Singer fan. I want to see him take that next step. He keeps showing his flashes. He keeps teasing us, but he doesn't quite take that next step. I want to see if he can do that next year. Daniel Lynch is a guy that I've really liked for a while now, but he hasn't quite put it together. He still needs that third pitch, especially against righties. Uh, He's fantastic against lefties. Can't quite figure out how to get righties out. Uh, Those little X factors with the pitching are going to be interesting to me. I, I like a lot of what they have going on there though. And I think that this could be a team that hovers around 500. If they go and make a move or two, go get a veteran or two, that could be that could be enough to you know put them in a conversation of one of those competitive young teams that just hang around. I don't see too much reason why they can't try to be this year's or this 2022's Mariners. I really think they could be that type of team.
0: Yeah, you, you and I agree on Brady Singer. Wholeheartedly, I think that you, know, I, I, you, don't, you don't want to put the word disappointment on it, but I'm just I think that. He's shown so many flashes that you want to see him put it all together because he's just so, 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 so talented. Now, some one player that did put it all together on the mound this year at the end of the year was Carlos Hernandez. And and Carlos Hernandez was not in that highly talented group that you and I were fawning over the last two years on this podcast, but he did show up towards the latter half of the season and and looked excellent. What kind of alteration did you see in his game? And, And do you think it's sustainable or just a hot streak? You know, I I don't know if he can dominate to the level that he was dominating at points because
1: he was just so ridiculously good at certain points. But I think when we look at a macro scale, the numbers that he put up are are somewhat what I think what we can expect from him, which is, you know, mid threes, high threes, ERA. uh, He'll may not rack up the strikeouts like crazy, but he'll get them in big spots. He'll get guys to get themselves out. He'll get ground balls. He'll get weak fly balls. He'll pitch to weak contact. I think that he kind of figured it out uh, and, and as it pertains to what works for him. And using that four-seamer more than the sinker it has been a big key for him. So instead of trying to go straight to ground balls, he's been able to use that fastball up in the zone more. The four-seamer that's like more at 97 97- miles an hour he saw that uptick in velo and it works well off of the curveball which is more of a downer and the slider which comes from the same release point I think he gives you enough looks that he can be a a solid back of the rotation type pitcher because his arsenal is so deep he's got the four seamer the curveball the slider the change up and he still will sprinkle in the sinker which is good to get ground balls in spots where you want to get those grounders I think that he I'm very sold on him being a big league pitcher You know, I don't know if he's going to be a a frontline starter, I think. But what you're getting from a guy that, like you said, wasn't even on our radar before. I I would think that he could be a good innings eater in the back end of the rotation. And and that's incredibly valuable in today's game, especially on a team with a lot of question marks as to whether these guys can take the next step. I think he's a pretty high floor guy uh, pitching wise uh, as a starter.
0: So I I do want to touch on also Jackson Carr, who I think is kind of the lost arm and all of this now that we've had we're so far removed from like the peak of the hype around Jackson car what kind of is your expectation for him this upcoming season in this and in his career I mean
1: I think that's that's a question that a lot of people are asking right now and the big thing with Coar is this his fastball is just not a swing and miss pitch it's low spin he doesn't really blow it by guys, even though he hovers around 96 miles an hour. The changeup is is what he, you know, what he is able to get guys out on. And in the minor leagues, it works really well. But hitters in the major leagues know that you know, they're getting one of two pitches and, and they're not really wary of a slider. He doesn't go to it much at all. And it's not really a usable pitch for him at this point. The changeup is spectacular when he's able to set it up properly with other pitches, but he's just not able to do that right now. I think we see that he is stuck in between AAA and the majors, and I don't want to call him a quadruple-A pitcher because he's better than that uh, potential-wise. But right now, where his stuff is at, that's where he's at, and that's why you see him effective at spots in the minor leagues and then kind of hits a wall in the major leagues because guys can adjust to that, Um, and guys will pick one of the two pitches. It's a 50-50 chance, and and they're hitting it out when they guess right, and that's the problem. I think he still has – more than enough potential in this game. And I think that it's really going to come down to the third pitch. And can he find a way to make that fastball a bit more effective? It's low spin and just doesn't quite have that much life. And that's, what's making the change up more hittable too, because you know, what's the, what makes a changeup so good? It's because it looks like a fastball until it's not. And right now they're easier to differentiate and they're just, it's just not quite there for him. So I want to see that fastball, find a way to, to try to get some more life on that pitch. And also if he can get, at a third pitch, like that slider going, or maybe even start using a curveball more. Uh, that'll be a big factor for him because the changeup just isn't being allowed to play up the way it should because it is a plus pitch.
0: I want to tell you right now, but good friends over at built bar, built is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com Use the promo code locked 15, get 15% off of your next order. That's right. 15% off the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off of your next order. Make sure you go do that right now because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Listen, folks, you will love Built Bar. Trust me, it is incredible. You can use it pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. It is that good for you. It's that easy to eat. It's that filling. It's awesome. And it's great pre-workout, post-workout, and everything else. That's Biltmore.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. I want to tell you right now about your good friends over at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is our good friends because they're serving auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You could have been going to RockAuto.com and buying all the parts that your car would ever need. RockAuto.com, amazing selection. Reliably low prices for the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Com. My favorite part about Rockcom is that I know nothing about cars. So I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort or money on parts. I cannot use parts. I do not need go to rocker.com and tell them that I sent you in the how you hear about us, hear about us box. And they'll look through from there, com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts you currently need rock.com. Another player who, you know, the Royals have already had in the big leagues this player for a very long time already uh, Alberto Mondesi and it, with Mondesi it's very rare as you know for Dayton Moore to have any sort of player criticism or any sort of opinion that gets you know passed around and on Mondesi last year towards the end of the year he was asked on the flagship station of the Royals what he views Mondesi as, and and make, uh, Dayton Moore was clear saying we don't count on him anymore. We 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 cannot count on him. We cannot put him into our plans. And they've talked about making him a part-time player, where you know he's basically load managing like the NBA players do, which is not something that is really conducive to baseball at all. So no. like, w- what do you view Mondesi as at this point, and how do you view? You know, how would you handle it if you were Mike Matheny if you were Dayton Moore with Mondesi? Because on one hand, he's a talented baseball player, and and I think that you know despite the injury this year, he made a lot of strides this year in terms of consistency. Because at every turn this year, even with the stop and the starts of his injuries, he looked really good. He didn't have those kind of dry spells, but the best ability is availability. So it's a it's a catch twenty two of Everyone understands he has talent, but can you even trade him because the value will be so low because they can't because the person receiving him can't count on that health either? So what what do you do with Mondesi?
1: I think it's a great question. And and this is fun really, where you get to put the GM hat on. And uh we're gonna be doing some like off-season uh kind of previews and, and off-season outlooks for each team uh, on just baseball.com. We just did a Tigers one and I'm going to jump on the Royals because I think they're really fun in that regard. Cause they're right on the edge of, they have some good talent, but they've got some decisions to make. And before I properly answer this question, because obviously you're more in tune with the Royals than I am. What Merrifield's one of my favorite players in baseball. And I think he's, he's obviously a, a fan favorite with the Royals, but is he capable or is, is, is that somebody that you're okay with in a corner outfield rather than second base?
0: Yeah, yeah, the Royals have have loved that fit for you know as long as as you can remember. They loved, they liked moving him around, and then this year the reason he didn't go back to second base and they were hurried to call up Nicky Lopez after they sent him down days prior before he got hurt was because they had him build his arm up and and he was planning on staying out there the whole year, so they didn't want to mess with his routine out there. Yeah. That's, that's the interesting
1: thing. It's like, so is Nicky Lopez somebody that you're really counting on to be, to be an infielder for you as well? Like he had a good year, but I think Mondesi's ceiling is, is just so high. Lopez is such a good defender too. It, it's a crowded middle infield there. I would almost try to sell high on Nicky Lopez at that point because I think Mondesi at second base helps preserve his health a little bit. It's a little bit less strain there. And I just think he's so dynamic there. It takes a little bit of pressure off of the bat. And he could be that bat-to-ball, table-setter guy, throwback leadoff hitter that plays second base. A middle infield of Mondesi and, and Bobby Witt Jr. could be spectacular. I don't know how Royals fans feel about Nicky Lopez. I think he's, he's a good player, but I think that he, he ran into a lot of batted ball luck this year. Um, and I think that the ceiling on Mondesi is a lot higher. And if you put him at second base, I think that preserves him a bit more you would have a really fun middle infield there between the and Mondesi that could be as dynamic as any in baseball. That would be my answer. I think you put Mondesi at second, but you know, I could understand moving on from him and, and and just kind of cutting your ties just because like you said, best ability is availability, but there is just a level of less stress playing second base versus, versus shortstop at the major league level. It's just, it's just a fact.
0: Join part two tomorrow with Aaron Layton talking all about the Royals farm system.